Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They called him the hammer. That was his nickname. He used to, you know, he used to put a lot of seats, people in the seats, apparently, because as soon as they dropped the puck, he'd just grab somebody and start feeding them, you know. And he was drunk on the ice a lot, is the stories I hear. You know, he'd put a 40 down before the game. They'd go out, drop the puck, and he'd just go toe-to-toe with somebody. And apparently he wasn't a very good fighter. He got beat a lot, but the crowd used to love it. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 32 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Collin, joined alongside, as always, Dwayne Steinel. Dwayne, how we doing, bud? Uh, great, man. Victory Monday for the Bills, 2-0. and They squished the fish. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, only quarterback in Bills history to ever throw for 400 yards and four touchdown passes in one game. It's been a good Monday, man. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep these wins going. Yeah, the Bills have been impressive. Um, it's 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 a good it's a sight for sore eyes, and I uh, love to see Josh Allen kind of prove those naysayers wrong. Uh, but back in the hockey world, uh, no shortage of things for us to talk about. Um, outside of the Stanley Cup being underway, um, you know Dallas comes out with a convincing Game One victory, and uh, you know we got Game Two. We're recording this uh, Monday afternoon, so we got Game Two tonight. That'll be a big one. Um, and, you know, it, I'm kind of conflicted, Dwayne, because the Dallas uh, – it's the, the loss to the Stars with a no goal is still kind of rooted in my heart. So I find it hard to root for them. But then also, I, I, I don't know why I just – I hate Tampa Bay. Or I don't hate that. I just don't want to see them win. Um, so it, it's – good. I mean, it's a good good hockey. And it's weird having the Stanley Cup this time of year. But, hey, I'm not complaining. Love, love more hockey. Um, also, big news in Sabres world as – we shipped out Marcus Johansson um, for Eric Stahl, a big trade uh, by any means, especially right now we're not seeing a ton of moves. So, you know, I liked it because listening to Sirius NHL channel, they were talking about it for a couple of days there. And uh, we're going to get to that trade. Plus, um, Bill Guerin had a couple interesting comments. That's the wild GM there that shipped out Eric Stahl. Um, and then also, we, uh, we're going to take a deep dive into Dwayne's free agent's uh, you want to call it a wish list or? 
Uh, just think? to be on, just just to be on our radar. You know what I mean? Uh, some guys that can really give you some bang for your buck. You know, I'm obviously the big biggest name at the top of the list. Two big names are Alex Petrangelo and Taylor Hall, and they didn't even make my list. So. Well, I I like that because I listen. I I look at some of these free agent lists, and I listen. It, it's let's be realistic, right? And it's not not to say that we're not going to get some of these big name players, but um, those two in particular, Petriangelo is just coming off a of Stanley Cup. He wants to win, um, and and he's not going to go to like I heard somebody talk about Ottawa for him, and it just kind of made me chuckle a little bit because is he going to want to go to a team? He's in his, you know, he's, 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 I think an 89 or no, he's a 90 birth year. So he's a, he's 30 year old, you know, he's probably got the next three, four years of his best hockey in front of him. Right. And then we start yep. to see that, that, you know, slide down. So he's not going to want to go to a team like Ottawa that is, is let's be honest, they're years away from even contending for a playoff spot. So I don't know. Um, getting, getting into that more later. Um, Taylor Hall would be nice to see in Buffalo. I don't think that's going to happen too. But my, back to my point, I think it's nice to have your list is realistic targets for us. And, and I, I liked your list. For those that didn't see it, you know, check out our Twitter. Um, you did a bang-up job with that. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about the hockey that's going on right now. Since our last episode, which I really enjoyed um, – with Jesse, uh, that was a, he's a great guy, man. That was a fun yep. look at Vegas. I was, it was it's tough because I was rooting for Vegas to, to pull off that win so we could keep chatting with him. Um, yeah, and you know, I think he'll still come on with us, man. He seems like he just loves hockey, not just, not just Vegas, but he just loves hockey. So, cool. Excuse me. I think we could definitely get him on again. Um, but I was with you. I wanted Vegas to pull that one out. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And now we have the Dallas Stars and Tampa Bay Lightning in the finals. And uh, we're getting ready for game two here later tonight. Now, did you watch game one? I did. I did. And uh, not going to lie, I was not impressed at all with the way Tampa came out. It, it, looked, it looked rough. Yeah, uh, they did look they did, they, they looked flat. And for a team that, you know, comes out and, you know, they, they played well in that New York Islander series. And it's, I don't know, man, I really think that, for as much shit as the Islanders get, they really – it looked like they wore down Tampa a bit, you know? I, you, you just took the words out of my mouth, Cully. You know, I feel like really they grinded the uh, the lightning down quite a bit, you know, with that tough, you know, Barry Trot style of hockey. And, you know, it, 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 don't make no bones about it. That was a hard-hitting series. It was physical. And Tampa really had to work for their scoring chances because they play very well defensively, uh, you know, as far as – not giving up too many, you know, high danger scoring chances for like right in front of the net. You know, they kept a lot of a lot of everything to the outside from points. Um, but with that being said, um, you had all that time, uh, a lot much, a lot more time to prepare. I'm not saying say a lot more time. They have more time to prepare for the finals than Dallas did. And I mean, you came out flat, like you said. Um, you know, you have more star power in Tampa. You have, in my opinion, I don't, and I know we'll go back and forth with this. But you have better goaltending in Tampa. Um, you shouldn't. I'm not, I'm not saying it should have been a you know a pushover, easy victory in game one, but you should have came out better than that. That 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 was tough to watch. Yeah, and you know what? We talk about Dallas as uh, to be honest. I like I said at the top of the episode, the the, the diehard Saber fan in me goes back to '99, and like I have 
tough time rooting for him, but I like the way they play. I'm a big Tyler Sagan fan, even though he embarrassed me every time we played against each other. Jamie Ben, I, I love the way he's – he's what I would want in a captain. He's not flashy, but he plays – he's hard on pucks, man. He's tough to play against. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got a great beard. Um, so He's got great – you know he's what, got some though, great whiskers. Yeah, he does. Great, great mug on him. But you know what? It was fun to see uh, the Stars get some secondary scoring. Uh, who was it? Hanley, I think, gets the, uh, gets the goal. Joel Hanley, you know, opens up the yeah. scoring. And, and I didn't even know who this guy was. And that just goes to show you, you know, the unsung heroes on this team. We saw it with um, – who was the hero there in, in, in uh, game seven? Uh, Joel Kirva, Kiravanta? Uh, yep. against the Avs. So outside of your, your Seggins, um, your, your Heiskanen's, your, your Jamie Benz, um, they've been very good. And I'll tell you what, man, Alexander Radulov, love him. Love him. I, you know, he's one of those guys you hate to play against him, but yeah. you love when he's on your team. Um, I forget what his nickname was. They were calling him the creature or the bear or something, something hilarious, but he is just, he plays hard, man, and, and he's been good for them. Picked up an assist um, to get in the score sheet in game one. Uh, Jason Dickinson coming through with a goal. Um, you know what? They, you're looking at the box score, man. There's 12 guys with points in this game, and that's just a, a sign of them, you know, getting contributions from up and down their lineup, uh, which is good to see if you're a Dale Stars fan. Um, other than that, you know, you look at the goaltending. I think it was the third goal by uh, Vasilevsky which is probably the only weak goal I can remember him letting yep. in this, this Six goal. Yeah, and, and those are t- any goalie knows, Dwayne, that like you hit the nail on the head. Those six-hole goals, six goals are frustrating. For those not they're familiar the with the term, the six-hole is the space between your arm and your body. And they're frustrating, Dwayne, because, you know, they're, they're goals that you're in position for that, um, you know, should be easily sealed. But sometimes when we get active with our hands, you know, we get a little too, too horny, as I like to say. And yep. it's a frustrating goal to give up. What is your breakdown bet on the goaltending? You know, with, with the six-hole stuff, you know, my as a coach, you know, I wish I had this more as when I was playing. You, know, you the, the idea is always to keep your hands out and in, elbows in, hands out. Um, like you said, I think you know Vasquez. I, I can't. Was it deflected? Was it partially? I can't remember. Um, actually, I don't think it was deflected at all. No, I don't and think so. I think there was some had, traffic, but I don't think it was deflected. Yeah, it, it did come through traffic. But, you know, that's a shot, especially with a guy of his size. You got to have that. And, uh, you know, he, had his, he definitely had his hands backed up a little bit. Um, Glove was a little active, and he just opened himself up to let that in. And you could see it in his face, his reaction right after. He's like, oh, God, we've all done that, Cully. That reaction where he's like, I can't believe that just went in. And uh, you can't, especially when you've played the way he has throughout the playoffs, to come into the finals and let, and, you know, and let a softball like that in. Yeah can happen in game one no, usually game one it really sets the tone for the series and not now now you're now you're playing from behind you got to come out and make a statement tonight and I don't know man you can't you can't come out flat like that again yeah and you know what John Cooper came out and said it you talk about Stanley Cup game one something we've all dreamed of as kids you know it's hard to imagine not being able to get up and being ready to play but worth noting that um Dallas had four days off, four days in between, uh, you know, four, four days off between the, the, their last game and the start of that. The Lightning had one day off. At this level, I, it's hard to imagine, you know, that being an excuse. But I think one thing it's easy to overlook is, is this bubble. It's got to be taxing. And I think you see the, the effect. Oh, the right. they did. I, had to, 
you see all the videos of guys going home um, and seeing their family and how happy they are, even though they just lost, but how heartwarming those videos are. Like, fuck, man, I can't imagine being away from my family to play in this. So, I mean, I think that goes to show, um, you know, kudos to all these players that, that are away from their families chasing the ultimate prize. Um, and it's it, here's a good quote from John Cooper about Tampa Bay's start. Uh, I don't even know if you need to take a shower after those first two periods. They came out, they were skating, and I think we probably dipped our toes in the water a little bit and watched them skate around. So, I mean, there goes a show. That's Tampa Bay's coach calling their, their effort out. I don't want to say effort, their execution. They weren't ready to play. Dallas was. And in, in a momentum game, game one in the Stanley Cup, that's all you need. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, Kadobin, another great job. Uh, since the beginning of the Western Conference Finals, 954 save percentage. When you look at Tampa Bay in that game, they really poured it on the third. It's the uh, old adage, too little, too late. They had a 43-3 to edge in shot attempts in that third period, Dwayne, but not enough to, to solve Kadobin more than once. Nope. Um, what are your thoughts on his game? It is an anomaly, you know, you know how Kadobin's kind of, I don't want to say come out of nowhere. Actually, I want to correct the mistake. I did have that mixed up earlier with uh, time in between uh, uh, games. I had it mixed up between Tampa and uh, Dallas. Dallas had more time. So just correct myself. I had a little brain fart there. But, uh, you know, it is kind of like an anomaly um, how Cadoba's kind of come on the scene and just really taken, taken the league by storm here in the playoffs and played as well as he has. And I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, and they, I think, honestly, I think he may have, he's played so well, I think he's almost played himself out of Dallas because he's going to expect, a, 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 he's a UFA, and he's going to expect a decent paycheck uh, coming coming out of this season. So I think even after this, I think he's played his last game in Dallas even. That's not what he's played. Um, with that being said, um, I just, I, you know, there were a couple saves there he made where he was all over the place. I forget I forget who it was against. The puck popped up in the air, and he brought his stick down, and he, he almost caught it with his arm and brought it down to the ice and covered it up. It looked like a sure goal. Uh, the guy is just playing with a type of desperation that the lightning, the whole lightning team was playing with in game one. And, you know, it just reminds me a lot of Dom out there even. Uh, you know, just, you know, he doing does, whatever it takes to stop a puck. He made Literally a couple saves. He made a couple saves in, I think it was the uh, – um, Against Vegas, we were talking to Jesse about it, and it, yeah. Dwayne, it screamed Dominic Hasek all over to me. It, it's unbelievable. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I completely No, agree. no, it's fine. It's fine. It, it just, it, like I said, it reminds me a lot of Dom, and not, not that they're saying they're, they're throwing out two-pad jammers left and right, but, you know, he, it's just that never give up on a play, never give up on a puck, just playing with absolute desperation, and it's been like that since the start of the playoffs for him. Um, and, you know, Again, I do I think that he's the best goalie in the series? No, I think Vasilevsky is clear, clear as day, the better goaltender. But Kadobin is playing like, it, you know, he wants it more. You know, Kadobin doesn't let that, that third goal in. He doesn't. You know, he, he's, he's in the zone. Um, could that also be in part because, you know, the shot attempts and shots on net were very low for Dallas in that game? I think there was only 19 total. And we, you and I both know as goalies, Cullies, those games where you're not getting a lot of action. It's tough to keep your head in the game. Maybe that's what happened with Bass there. I don't know. But uh, it's, it is 
Um, it is troubling to see a goal like that go in in, the, in game one of the, of the Stanley Cup Finals. And, and you know what? He's been red hot. Vasilevsky's been arguably, you know, me and you went at it last episode. Who would you rather have in a big game? And, you know, when I talked to you after the episode, because Vasilevsky's the better goaltender. But right now, that, that's where my argument came in. Right now, who's playing better? Um, but it's still a coin flip because outside of that game, game one, Vasilevsky's got a 933 save percentage over the 16 yep. games. But he did. He looked off. He just didn't look like himself. Um, you mentioned it. Three goals allowed on 19 shots. In, in, in the Stanley Cup, in a game like – especially game one, both teams were feeling each other out. You need that save. You need that save yep, uh, that's, yep. to hold your, your team in it and give them a chance. Um, but I want to ask you this. Did you see um, – they were – Tampa was down 3-1 to one at this point. And in the second period, Pat Maroon shoots the puck into Dallas's bench. Yeah. <laughs> gets a 10-minute misconduct. Yeah. That, was, that was tough, man. Um, yeah, it's a terrible – it's, it's a terrible – especially from a vet like him, you can't do that. Well, you, you know what? Maroon's been good for Tampa. We talk about the difference between them um, getting swept by Columbus last year and making it to the finals this year. What's been the difference? And, and to me, it's simple. You have, you know, your best players are your best players, but you have this infusion of a little bit more grit. You know, Blake Coleman has been uh, undercover, one of the breakout stars of this playoffs. He can play on my team any day of the week. I would love for the Sabres to grab him. But he's somebody that, you know, going into this year, you know, not a household name. He's played his way into the minds of 32 NHL GMs. Um, but a guy like Maroon, same thing. He's brought, you know, much-needed grit, toughness, and Stanley Cup winning experience to this team. And in a, in a two-goal game in the second period with still time left, you can't let your emotions get the better of you. He, he does that. It's taken off uh, for 10 minutes. And um, you know what? Tampa Bay was able to bounce back with their play, but not where it counted on the scoreboard. So it'll be real interesting to see what type of team we see show up here in the seg in the game two. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just – I want this series to go to distance. It's kind of dawning on me that we're running out of hockey. So I'd love to see Tampa pull out a win here just because I feel like, hey, you go down 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup, that's daunting hold to, to come back from. And you know what? Uh, it was actually reported uh, this morning, uh, well, you know, uh, early afternoon, right around 1 o'clock, uh, by Emily Kaplan from uh, – you know, ESPN, that Steven Stamkos was on the ice this morning with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He did skate with them, and they have not ruled him out yet for game two. You know what? It's it's interesting you bring that up because um, every day I'm, I'm listening to Sirius, um, and, and it's like Stamkos has talked about every day, hey, is he in? Is he, you know, has he been skating? You know, he, he hasn't been skating with the team, so out comes the news that he's there. What's one area that Tampa Bay could really use help on? The power play. And we all know that Stamkos' office, you know, right there on the – I call it the honey hole, you know, the top of the circle, he, he's known as being a, play, a power play performer. Um, and it's interesting, Dwayne, because they have gone 0 for 14 in their last four games. And they had you know three what? big power play chances in game one that, that they biffed it on. So that's even, 20, 28, 28 minutes of the power play with nothing to show for it. That, even if you're playing, even if you're playing Stamkos for what twelve minutes a night, and you, you make him more of a power play specialist guy, that helps you immensely. If you can just improve that, if you can go from being zero and fourteen to say four and five or five and fourteen, 
I mean, that's that's probably a, a win or two, a win or two for you with, with with having Stamkos there, you know, with that hard shot of his. So, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that he plays. You know, even at 75, percent I think he helps that lineup immensely. Um, he's their leader. He's their captain. Um, he brings a diff- he brings different intangibles to the to the ice uh, that aren't there right now. Even though you have such a, a potent lineup with guys like Boy Kucherov, uh, Sorelli, Hedman, um, just he's all gamers. But you know, you add a guy like Steven Stamkos to that lineup with how well they've played so far without him, you know, I think that would be a, a something that could possibly put them over the edge as far as winning, uh, winning or losing this series. It's funny you said the seventy-five percent Stamkos. Um, because teammate Blake Coleman, guy who I was just pumping his tires, might be listening to the show. No, he had he came out and he said an eighty percent stam an eighty percent stammer is better than most players in this league. And you guys are both absolutely right. And and it's it's funny you mentioned you know maybe just throwing him out there for the power plays. Hell, six minutes of of Stephen Stamkos on the power play could be the difference in this series. And that's something that it's worth exploring. Um, John Cooper, when asked about it said, I know it's killing him more than anyone else not to be in the lineup. He's inching his way closer. There's no doubt. You don't get this many chances to be where we are. A, you want to be a part of it, what she has. And he has helped the collective group with the mental thing. But but B, he wants to be on the ice as well. And and how can you not? Like you said, he's the captain in this group. He's one of the best players in the league when he's healthy. But it's been a tough stretch, man. I think it's been, what, the past three or four years he's been plagued. What was it? I think three years ago he was out for most of the season since signing that that big ticket of his, which let's mention it's team friendly. We talked about it last show, um, mm-hmm. you know, him choosing to stay in Tampa for maybe a little bit less money than he was, he deserved uh, or he would have gotten elsewhere. No taxes on it right. With the tax free, but uh, it'll be really interesting to see um, if he comes in when they asked uh, Julian Brisbois, the, the lightning GM, um, he knew he wasn't going to suit up in game one, but he was hopeful that he would return in the series. How much does that mean? John Cooper said, I guess there's always a chance, but as of right now, I don't think so. That's why you've got to tune in to find out. So, Dwayne, it'll be really interesting to see if Tampa Bay continues to struggle on the power play, if maybe that influences the decision to get Stamkos in um, earlier than expected. So, um, a lot of storylines to watch. That's definitely one of them. For sure, for sure. Uh, And obviously coming out of that, uh, we're going to lead into the uh, the big news of the hour, uh, for sure. It has to be Ray Cully, the, the deal the Sabres have made for, you know, so a guy Eric, like Eric. Eric, yeah, sorry, don't worry uh, out of your mouth. Eric Stahl coming to Buffalo. Um, we, we touched on it real early that we get to it, and, and here we are, Dwayne. Initial thoughts on the trade. Obviously, um, we send over Marcus Johansson, a straight-up deal, Johansson for Stahl. Uh, it seems to me that that fills the uh, – that elusive number two center that the Sabres have been clamoring for ever since they dealt Ryan O'Reilly away. Um, I Immediate thoughts, I like to trade. A little bit of pushback. People are like, oh, he's 35. What if he doesn't want to play here? Those got squashed immediately when he came out and he said he's excited, looking forward to it. And also, folks, we're not looking for, you know, a stalwart to, to – to, to plug that number two center for 10 years, we think we have the answer in Dylan Cousins and with an asterisk, maybe Casey Middlestad. I know I say that with uh, tongue in cheek, cheek and tongue, whatever. I'm an idiot. I'm a goalie. Um, but we don't need him to be there for a long time. We need him to be good while he's here. And if he can fill that role for a, for a year or two, I love the trade. What are your thoughts, Dwayne? Take it away. 
absolute home run for Kevin Adams' first trade uh, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, since, you know, Ryan O'Reilly left in a trade that brought us a used washing machine, a first-round pick, and Tage Thompson, um, you know, we haven't been able to, you know, answer that issue, you know, answer the questions of who's going to be the second-line center. Uh, it, it's, it's so tough for me to even say O'Reilly's name. It's like saying, it's like fucking saying Voldemort. Like it, 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 it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, yes. It, it's tough. You know, I, it, it's like that trade couldn't have, we've talked before that trade couldn't have gone worse for Buffalo, like Stanley cup, Smythe, selfie trophy, you know, like it, they couldn't have been, they couldn't have went worse for us. Now we bring in a guy who has a cup begrudgingly. It happened in 06. I think he took the, he, he, the, the cup, that ring was taken right off our finger. You know, that's neither here nor there. But you're bringing a guy who has so much experience with, with winning in this league, winning in the playoffs, has a ring. He brings a, a, a different type of culture to this room that we haven't seen since Eichel's been drafted. And then, you know you know what? Um, hopefully, like you said, you know, he is a stopgap. But hopefully he, he shows guys like Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat how to carry yourself, not just on the ice, not just in the locker room, but in the weight room. Show him how to be a professional and how to succeed in this in this league. Because we all know how much of a twig Casey Middlestad has been in the last two years. Guy couldn't do a pull up at the combine. Not that that matters, but it doesn't look good for him, you know. And especially with the way he's come out these past two seasons, uh, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of question question marks surrounding him. With especially with where we drafted him, he was a top ten pick. Uh, a lot of teams, a lot of analysts thought it was much of, kind of a reach for Buffalo with Bottero when he when he chose him there. But you know. The talent, though, is undeniable. The guy has filthy hands. He has a great shot. He's just so weak on the puck, and he's not strong. He's not strong at all. So hopefully, a guy like him, a guy like Eric Stahl in your locker room. Honestly, I would stick him right in between those two. You put Eric Stahl right between Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestad in that locker room. You're saying as a and, oh, oh, I thought you meant as a line. You're talking about just as a no, mentorship no, role, no, no, sitting no, next no, to them. The, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know, he I, might he could still have a positive effect on Jack Eichel. I know he's he's you oh, know he's not sure, really viewed sure. as a rookie anymore, or a young guy, but he, we still can't forget that Jack's a young 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 a young pro, and uh, having a guy like Eric Stahl around is only going to be helpful for him. Absolutely. And you know what? We're, again, we're not expecting it's Eric Stahl to come in here and put up 60, 70 points, even though I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, he had, he had 52 close to points 60. in 2018. Yep. And then last year he had 19 goals, 47 points in 66 games. Yeah. So he was on pace. If you play a full season to 60 points, right? Absolutely. He might even – he definitely would have had 20. He might knocking on the door for 25, 30 goals. So, I mean, you look at the replacement, Marcus Johansson in 60 games played, had nine goals and 30 points. We're getting back a guy that had 19 goals and 47 points. On paper, it's a no-brainer, especially when you look at the, the struggles that Marcus Johansson had playing center. Um, and Eric Stahl knows that's what, he, what he's here to do. In his, in his interview, uh, his introductory press conference, he's even quoted as saying, yeah, the center ice position is very important. Most teams that are successful have that. But to me, the biggest reason for success is a team like a team. You need everybody, not just the guys up the middle. You need commitment from your whole lineup, from the goaltender to the D. It's cliche and boring to say, but you don't win unless you're a team that's a tight-knit and committed success, especially in this league. It's too hard. It's too close. It's too competitive. I love that. That just gets me six to midnight. Hearing that, like you said, I know it's cliche, but it's different coming from a guy that's had success, that's won a cup, 
that's found a way to consistently be a 20 goal year guy that, that, that does the right things. He's a 200 foot player. I love it, Dwayne. I do too. You know, um, it, when's the last time we heard a guy talk like that in this organization outside of maybe Jack, you know, um, you don't get leadership like that, you know, in these interviews, you don't, you don't, you don't hear rhetoric like that coming from these players. It's always so down and gruesome, um, you know, because of all the losing. And then you bring, again, you bring a guy like Eric Stahl who's done so much winning in this league and said, said so much, he's honestly probably a future hall of famer. Maybe not that me, maybe he doesn't make it this first crack in, but I think he eventually gets there. Um, and, you know, Johnny just not at the national hockey league, you know, but at, you know, at the Olympic level, you know, and, you know, at the, in the international level, the success he's had. So, you know, bringing that guy into this locker room, again, I just can't stress it enough. You know, what type of – how much the culture is going to change with him. And you know what? Maybe bringing in a guy like Eric Stahl maybe raises a couple eyebrows. I mean, I grant he's 35 years old. Don't get it twisted. His better days are far behind him. But he still can contribute for the year or two he'll be here, you know, if they decide to bring him back, you know, after his contract is up. Um, he is absolutely a guy who can still contribute and he might, you know, maybe sway the perception of Buffalo a, a different way from, you know, outsiders looking in who are looking for a team to play for in free agency. Yeah. And, and moving on to that, um, I, like we said, I, I think it's a good pickup. I think he'll help in the short term and love to see him reunited with Jeff Skinner. Um, that maybe could get Jeff Skinner back on track. Moving into free agency though, Dwayne, um, a lot of holes to fill, a lot of big names out there. I want to start um, with goaltending. You had mentioned Corey Crawford on your list, um, but, you know, this is a year where there's a lot of goaltending options to be had. What are your thoughts? Um, start with Corey Crawford. Why do you think he's a good fit for um, the Sabres? Because I think Linus Olmark has – earned his opportunity to be the starting goaltender on this team. So whoever we decide to bring in, I don't think you're asking a guy like him to be, you know, a 1A. You're asking him to be a 1B, a guy to come in and play 25, 30 games in an 82-game season. Braden Holpe isn't going to be that guy, let's be real. He's going to want to be a starter somewhere. He's not going to want to have to fight for, a, uh, fight for a spot as a starting goalie. Um, I know money talks, but I just don't see that happening. Anton Kadobin, let's be real, he's going to want to start wherever he goes next. Um, whether that's Dallas, again, I think he's played his way out of Dallas. Uh, I think Marc-Andre Fleury is out of, you know, on his way out of Vegas. That is an option. But I think he's going to command a little bit of a higher salary than, you know, a guy like Crawford. And with the announcement that we're planning on staying at a lower salary cap, kind of under a budget, I don't see like a guy Fleury coming here. Again, he's going to want to win. I can actually not see him going back to Pittsburgh. Um, and other names that are out there too. You know, we have Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom is an interesting name because you know, with Robin Leonard tentatively signing his agreement with Vegas, it's always oh, a five-year twenty-five. Yes, five twenty-five. Yep. So that's the kind of the market that's kind of kind of set for that position at that level. And I think I can't really say that Jacob Markstrom. Do I think he's a better goalie? Yeah, I think he's a better goalie than Robin Leonard. Um, I, not taking anything from Robin Leonard, but Jacob Markstrom played absolutely out of his mind for a young and still developing Vancouver Canucks team. So, um, you so think I think that, I, that, I mean, I, sorry, keep going. No, I think he's going to command a little bit more money than Leonard did. I just don't want to see us breaking the bank for a goalie who might not even be your, your 1A. 
That's all I'm saying. And that's, that's where Corey Crawford fits into it for me. When you talk about the internal salary cap that's going to exist within Buffalo, it's, it hasn't been written in stone. But I think with the reports coming out about there being an internal salary cap, it makes plenty of sense to me. It sounds like something the Pagulos would do, and it sounds like something that they would do and not want it to get out. I wanted to bring these names up while we're still in the goalie position. You mentioned Robin Leonard. It looks like he'll be in Vegas for the foreseeable future. Jacob Marstrom, probably going to be too much money. And, you know, if you're looking to give Allmark a, a real shot to be your 1A, it doesn't make sense to bring him in. Here's my list of other guys. you got Braden Holpe, Corey Crawford, who you mentioned, okay, Anton Kadobin, all right. As I look at those three as probably the, the best options out there. And then you got to throw in Marc-Andre Fleury into that mix. And then the next tier for me are guys like Thomas Grease, Cam Talbot, Brian Elliott, Aaron mm-hmm. Dell, Jimmy Howard, Craig Anderson, and Laurent Boursois. Um, now, those are, that's the next group. And then you have, to, to make it even more interesting, Dwayne, you have guys um, like Darcy Cooper, Frederick Anderson, Henrik Lundqvist that are all under contract but have been rumored to be traded. Any names there besides the one you mentioned, Corey Darcy Crawford, Kemper. that jumps out at you? I love Darcy Kemper. I think if, if he's so big and so athletic. Um, that's a guy I would 100% inquire about trading for if that it, if those rumors are true. Um, I think Arizona would chefs would be crazy to want to trade a kid like him. I think he has a bright future in this league. Um, at point there, there were times that this in this past season where Darcy Kemper looked like a Vesda a Vesda candidate goaltender. Yeah, um, I had him. I had him as one of my three Vesda finalists, even though I yeah. uh, didn't get a vote. But I thought he was very good this yeah. year. Very good this year. So I, I just find it hard to believe Arizona is going to part ways with a kid like him. Um, I've been high on him, honestly, since his days with Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I, when he became available out of Minnesota, I wanted him. But they, so do have a, they do have a new GM, Dwayne. And for one reason or the other, it's it, he's been wrenching. Like, I, I'm with you, Dwayne. I can't imagine why he would be on the trade block. But his name's popped up here and there. If he was available, would you take a shot mentioning that you, you want Allmark to get a chance as a 1A? Can you pass up an opportunity to bring in a guy like Kemper, who would be probably pretty – I don't think his contract's more than two, three million. No, it's not. And that is a situation where maybe you could just – kind of like the Eric Stahl, Marcus Johansson thing. Like I no, I'm wrong. He's, he's at 4.5 million over the next two years. But still, that's a, that's a nice price for a kid as good as him. And – he honestly, and nothing against Linus, but I think he's better than Dar- Darcy Kemper's better than Linus Allmark. I think he's going to give you better a better opportunity to win uh, in certain in certain games against certain teams. So yeah, you know if if Arizona's looking for some cap relief there, and if they're looking to go younger, even though Darcy Kemper's younger uh, or is still young, um, I I would absolutely swing that trade. Maybe swing Linus Allmark and a pick and uh, one way to Arizona to bring back Darcy Kemper. Absolutely. So outside of that, um, anybody else jump off the page yet? Yeah, the the ones I mentioned. No, Another one, no. Matt Murray. If he ends up a Buffalo Saber, I'm gonna find out where he lives and remind him that I beat him six times in junior, and I'm a scrub. Okay, if he, I think that Pittsburgh's gonna move on from him. <laughs> Pittsburgh's gonna move on from him. I don't want to see him take. What a guy like Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, would you take him for a year? Yeah. I would take – he's unbelievable in the locker room. Again, you're bringing a different type of culture into your locker room. That's why I think it makes sense. So much. 
I that that would make sense to me. Again, it all Kelly, it all depends on the money. It all depends on the money. And you know, you know how much how much is he getting paid with Vegas right now? It's at six point five. I think the average is seven. That's a lot. In the last two years. That that that's that's a lot of money for a goalie, especially with a team that you know it expects to be working under an yeah, internal I budget. Bet you, I've heard that Vegas would have to retain part of yeah, that. Yeah, they would to to, to move him. No, um, I'm saying like half of that salary. Yeah, but you know what, Crawford makes sense. I, I don't love him the way he plays personally as a, as a goalie coach, but you know what? There's a reason why he's in the NHL and I'm coaching 12 year olds. Um, moving on just for the sake of time. Um, you mentioned a, a few more um, names on your list. Um, one being Dustin Bufflin. Um, you wrote big buff had a bad falling out with Winnipeg, but if he's healthy, he can contribute almost immediately to a team's top pairing. Good thing is he would probably only demand a year or two to prove it, deal at a low cap hit, low risk, high reward. I agree with everything you said about, except uh, the cap hit. I don't think he'll sign for anything less than four and a half. Um, and, and to me, that's probably still even low. Mysterious circumstances around why he, he didn't play this year. He was a late no-show to camp. Um, word was that you know maybe he wasn't healthy uh but whatever it was didn't play this year what do you think that makes him a good fit here again he bring he brings a lot of different uh factors that are missing from this defense from this team defensively you know he, he isn't going to take shit in front of the net you know he, he, he he's unbelievable carrying the puck and again if he's healthy i mean he's better than honestly any defenseman on this team right now and that i'm not saying that includes Rasmus Dahlin. But, I mean, we just don't have those, those intangibles that he brings, that he would bring to this team. Um, we're very soft defensively. There, there's no debating that. There really is no debating that. Because Rasmus Alliance throws a hit every once in a while and we're we down three goals, that makes him hard. No, no, absolutely not. We're soft. So, a guy like Dustin Buffin, I, I disagree with you, Cully. I really do think he's going to come on the cheap for like, on a one-year deal. You know, regardless of what he thinks of himself, he, he, a lot of people think that he walked out on Winnipeg. Um, what about what about the argument that he wants to go to a, a, a team that's com- contending? You know, he, he's already got a Stanley Cup in Chicago, but you know, it's safe to say that maybe part of the reason he was disgruntled in Winnipeg is their inability to get over that hump. Oh, I agree. I absolutely I agree. Um, they did have that inability. They showed it again this year. But again, if you would have added Dustin Bufflin to that lineup this year, do they get over that hump? I don't know. I really don't. Um, you know, that it was a significant injury and surgery that he had, um, which I guess also contributes to, you know, him having to kind of sign a prove-it deal with the team, whoever that team might be. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably would be a contending team. Or it might be a team like the Sabres, who he just has to come in and prove it with and then go into free agency the following year and sign, sign, sign one last big contract, which realistically is what he wants. He want, like you said, he has his stuff. He's shown he's had he's had his success in the NHL, um, but you know he wants that one last big deal to uh, like as a, every player at his age they want to bring stability to, the, to their life and their family, uh, you know going into retirement. So he's going to want to sign one last big deal here, and I could definitely see him signing with a team like Buffalo just to prove it, and then possibly leaving, going somewhere else to a contending team and signing big. So I, I like it. Um, next up on your trade, uh, your your list, we have um, T.J. Brody. 
And, uh, you know, including with him, I'm just going to list uh, the next three so we can debate them all because there's no doubt we'd be able to get all three. T.J. Brody, Tory Krug, Travis Hamanick. What do you Tory like Krug there? Is, Ideally, Tory, who would you – go ahead. Well, Tory Krug, absolutely. A little bit of a pipe dream, but if you're going to bring in a guy like Tory Krug, I think that, you know, you're probably saying goodbye to Rasmus or Stalinen somewhere along the way because he's going to cost you a lot. He's probably, you know, Tory Krug is probably going to cost you around seven to $8 million. And if you're expecting to improve your team offensively, which, you know, you still have that thing hanging over your head where you have to bring, you know, extend Sam Reinhart. He's not going to sign on the bridge deal. And he's going to want probably around that same kind of money. So, you know, you have to, you have to ship pieces out to be able to afford it. And there's no denying a guy like Tory Krug and how good he is, you know, with 59, I forgot what I was it something uh, close to 60 points in 75 playoff games? The guy had 49 points this past season in a shortened season. You know, he could he, he would take a lot of pressure off Rasmus Dahlin to play at that elite level that we all know he's capable of doing. Um, and, he you know, you're though, really... Here's the thing, though, Dwayne. Sorry to interrupt you. He's going to want upwards of 7.25. Yep, I, I agree. That's why, again, you're, you're probably going to have to part ways with a guy like Rasmus Dahlin, which, I mean... Let's be real. It's been rumored for how long now? And what has he done? I mean, like, all he's done here is lose. All he's done here is lose. And nothing – did he have a decent season last year? Yeah, he did. He had probably one of his better years. But, I mean, I, I, if shipping him out brings you a guy like, you know, uh, Tory Krugan, I mean, I'm all, all on board. I'm all on board. Tell me where to sign. I want I, Make that happen. But again, you, you know, Tory Krug again, he's gonna be he's gonna garner a lot of lot of interest in you in free agency, and that's if the Bruins don't resign him. Uh, uh, from everything I've heard, he's got one foot out the door um, yep. in Boston. Uh, if you if you lose out on him, this is one that I'm a big fan of. T.J. Brody, I had the chance to play against him for two years in junior. Listen, he's not. A, a super sexy player in the way he plays. No, he's not. Know, more like Tory Krug, but fuck, is he solid? Um, he he's you know kind of flown under the radar somewhat in in Calgary. Obviously, him um, opting out of the playoffs this year, um, you know, doesn't mean I don't. I don't want to say it, it. It hurt the team for sure. Um, does it hurt his? His value, probably not. Listen, he's not flashy, but he's responsible. He gets good results. He plays a hard two-way game. And you know what? He's, he's, he's fucking strong. We talk about is Rasmus Ristolainen tough? Is he, is he grit? I agree with you that he – you know what? Throwing the big hit every now and then doesn't make you a hard player to play against. What, um, with having Giordano – uh, being the offensive guy and, you know, Brody's kind of flown under the radar there, but fuck, is he good? Um, you do, and, you know what, there is some injury concerns, um, but you know what, he's, he's played really well, especially he's shown that he can play really well with an elite partner like Giordano. What happens if you prepare uh, Darlene and Brody? I don't know. I'm just saying he'd be a, a good pickup for us and much cheaper than somebody like Tory Krug. Uh, they're predicting him to come at, you know, just over $5 million for three to four years. Yep, but I'd say probably he would top out around five and a half, five point seven five. He made four point six five this past season. Um, if you can get him right around that number, I think you know I'll drive to Calgary and bring him over. I'll sneak over the border. I'll get him here. I don't care. Um, he really brings a lot of stability to your top four. Um, like you said, he's not sexy, he's not flashy, but you know what? He played a lot with Giordano. Um, he's a left-handed defenseman, yes, but he excels in the right hand on the right side. 
Um, but he can play both sides. And you know what? He's going to contribute to your first and se- first or second power play unit, which is an area where the Sabres had, like, especially with that second power play unit, that was an absolute train wreck. You know, no pun intended, train wreck sports. <laughs> no, no, oh, um, I see what you did there. Absolute, absolute train wreck last season, that second power play unit. You know, because, you know, Jack Eichel wasn't on the ice for it, so – you know, it obviously failed. You know what? It's, it's speaking of somebody we just talked about earlier. Um, Eric Stahl has been used on the right side primarily um, in, in, you know, Victor Olofsson occupies that in the, the top power play. Safe to say they won't mess with that chemistry he had with Eichel. So, you know, if you get somebody, you know, to run the top, that's not Darlene, and definitely not Ristolainen. Um, I think that, you know, a guy like him at the top with Stahl on his side, you know what, that and Skinner, you know, on the other side, if he's not on that first unit, that could be sexy. Um, Absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, just to breeze through a couple more of these uh, due to time, um, one name that popped up on your list is Mikel Granlin. Um, and, and you had him at 5.75 mil. I think that's right around where he'll land, you know, um, you know for four or five years. Um, well, listen, he, I, I, he, he just hasn't I worked out now. He hasn't worked out in Nashville. I think that he was playing a role, uh, you know, kind of, he, they were using him in his bottom six, and it just didn't work. I like um, – he reminds me of another guy, uh, like uh, Derek Roy had success here. I think Granlund, uh, you know, an athletic writer, and compared the two to Derek Roy, what he did in Buffalo, I think that's a, a beautiful. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I would love to see him here. Where does he fit for you, and are we able to get that done? I personally think he's going to – you know, he well, he, he – he made 5.75 this past season's cap hit. I really don't think he comes in at that because of the struggles. He hasn't had a successful year, at least to his his standards and what we, what we would expect from him since 2017-2018 when he had 20 goals. He Again, he struggled in Nashville. Um, I think he would fit well in here, probably around three and a half, four max. That's where I would pay him because of the struggles. And I think he would really fit well in your second line and your second power play. You know, you know, you know, you, you surround Eric Stahl with some talent there on the second line, and, you know, chances are you're probably going to have Jeff, Jeff Skinner um, down on the second line again this season, which I don't necessarily agree with. But if you're going to do that, you gotta you got to surround – got to put as much talent on that line as possible. You know, and that's also considering that we even bring back Ryan Hart because it hasn't been done yet. We don't know what – you know, we don't know what the answer is there, you know, which also led me to, you know, my pick of Evgeny Dandanov too because if Reinhardt doesn't come back here you, you can bring in a guy like Dandanoff to be that replacement probably at a cheaper price and, and you talk about a guy like Dandanoff um obviously playing where he does in Florida doesn't get a lot of attention no, um, here's the thing though with a guy like Dandanoff well here's what I'm trying to say I like Reinhardt because he if he's, he's smart he's smart he can play with Eichel he can play in that front um, but if you move him away from Michael, he, he can still be, he can still do his job. And I think a guy like Dedanoff, you know, he's been glued to Alexander Barkov's hip over his career. Right. And um, one stat that jumps out at me is his points per 60 minute when he's with Barkov is 2.44. Awesome. Right. That's incredible. But when he's without Barkov, he's not with him it drops down to 1.77. Listen, no doubt there's going to be a drop in production from playing with an elite center to not playing with one, but that's more of a dip than I'd like yeah, to Jeff see. Skinner. So if, yes, if, if he doesn't fit, 
Um, with Jack Eichel, if the chemistry is not there, you're taking a big risk and bringing him on in his contract and it might not work out. Uh, what makes you think that Dadunov could be a good fit here in Buffalo? Well, he's just, again, again, he's played with Barkov, you know, but he's also put up at least 25 goals the past three seasons on an underwhelming Florida Panthers team. Um, he's very skilled. Don't get me wrong. And he honestly, um, he doesn't have to play in your top line, in my opinion, to, 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 to excel. If you're still getting 20 goals out of him on your second line, I still say it's a win. But again, that's all, that's all contending of whether or not you're able to bring back Reinhardt because, um, you know, the other guys that are available, at least in free agency, I just don't see being able to fill the hole that right that Reinhardt would, even Dandenoff, that Reinhardt would leave, especially on that first line. Maybe a guy like Mike Hoffman or Taylor Hall, obviously, but Taylor Hall is going to cost you more than Reinhardt. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see us being in the market for Taylor Hall. Neither um, do I. Oh, same same reasoning why I don't think we'll be in the market for a Petrangelo. It's it's sad because when the Pagulas first took over, you know, they said that they would spend to, to the to the cap um, and bring a cup here to Buffalo. They've done an outstanding job with the Bills, but also a big reason why they've been successful with the Bills is they got they hit the jackpot with their coach and their GM they signed. What's the big difference between the two franchises? Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have had time and resources to make you know their their uh, project a reality, whereas the Sabres have gone through four different people calling the shots. And this is why I think the average – I'm not saying I'm an above-average sports fan, but the average sports fan in Buffalo that, you know, is clamoring for guys to get fired so, quick, so quickly, listen, whether they deserve it or not, it's tough because each, each executive has their own plan, their own vision, and, and you don't see that in a year's time. The frustrating part about this musical chairs going on in the Sabres front office, whether they were warranted firings or not, is that you never have time to see these plans through. And um, you see that in a lot of these draft picks that don't get retained and don't get signed outside of their, you know, even their entry-level deal or don't even sign an entry-level deal. So I'm hoping that, you know, Kevin Adams can can break that mold. Um, and, you know, he's he's been one of the Pagula's favorites this is be a big off season for him, Dwayne, um, and and it'll be uh, it'll be telling to see how he approaches it. The tricky part here, you throw the wild card in the mix, which is the economic impact of COVID nineteen. How will that affect his spending, and is it fair to evaluate him solely on maybe him trying to juggle these balls while being handcuffed? Right, that's that's the analogy mm -hmm. I come up with. Um, any players that I didn't mention um, that you could you could see in a Sabres uniform that makes sense for us and for them? Well, begrudgingly to you, Tyler Toffoli, for sure. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I, you know, honestly, I would I would go up to him with that picture of him going shelf on me and ask him to sign it, okay? If he can help us win, I like him. You know, and you know what, Tyler Toffoli, he played very, very, very well in Vancouver. Uh, a lot of a lot of reports coming out, out of their state, like especially back when we, we spoke to Harmon, uh, Dial from the Athletic in Vancouver, he even said that uh, there's a lot of interest in keeping him in Vancouver, which, if that does happen, they are in cap trouble. And there's one name coming out of Vancouver that's been thrown around quite a bit the past couple months in Brock Besser. Is, does he become available? And if he does, I don't know how, how you're Kevin Adams and you don't get on the phones with Vancouver uh, and, and try and swing a deal there because they do need help defensively. And 
whatever you think about a guy like Rester Liner or not, you package him and bring back a guy like Brock Buster, even with the injury issues with his bat, he's still he's still gonna contribute to this lineup if he stays healthy. Yeah, you know what, to fully really kind of re um had a resurgence for lack of a better word, coming into Vancouver. A lot of people at the trade deadline were scratching their heads at that move. Uh, boy, oh boy, did it pay off. He found immediate um, chemistry with Elias Pettersson. He came in. Um, he, and you know what, guys? He's always had a ton of potential. Even, even when I played against him, you know, he put up something like 100-some points in junior. He, he's had experience on a winning team, you know, being a rookie, winning the cup. Um, he's played with some great players. You know, I, he's in that five to six million dollar range, which I think is, you know, a good. Listen, if he can, if he can consistently score twenty five goals, play in your top six, be a power play guy, um, I like it. And but it comes down to this: Would you rather have Toffoli or would you rather have Reinhardt? I personally would rather have Reinhardt, but like, I that that doesn't mean anything in this. Let me ask you this: If you could have one of the two, who are you picking? Oh, I'm taking Reinhardt just because we know what we're getting out of him because we've seen him. But, again, we've also seen a lot of losing under Reinhardt. But there is no reason, having said that, that you can't have both. Remember, it has to be pieces going out to bring him here. That means salary leaving us and salary coming back in. So if you have I, – I forget what a guy like Ritter-Salina makes. I think it's like four and a half, five million a year. Um, you're sending that to Vancouver and you're bringing back – yeah, you're probably bringing back a, type, a, a price here, Brock Besser. But, I mean, I think we can afford that, especially since we just that, – that was the biggest thing, is we just shed cap space with that Eric Stahl deal because Eric was making less than Marcus, and you saved yourself about a million to 1.25 against the cap. Well said. Um, you did a hell of a job on, on this breakdown. Uh, for anybody that didn't catch it, it's on the At Two Goalies One Mike Twitter page. Uh, Dwayne, we got some great hockey coming up, and uh, I got to get this out of you. I know we're going to do another episode here uh, hopefully before the cup is, is awarded. So um, all that we need to happen is one Tampa Bay win. I think it's safe to say that'll happen. Uh, but if it doesn't, what is your uh, prediction here, uh, not only for tonight's game, but going forward? And uh, let's see how wrong we're going to be because I think I'm 0 for 7 <laughs> on predictions so far. I got uh, Tampa Bay clawing their way back in with this win. Um, and, and then Dallas taking a 3-1 series lead um, and, and winning finally in six. Uh, that's my way too early and definitely wrong prediction. Uh, what do you got tonight? Um, I'm going to take Tampa. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, like a 2-1, 3-2 game. Um, I don't think Stam Coast will play. Um, I think we would have heard by now if he was or if he wasn't. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely think, out for tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But if he, if he did come this close to playing in game two, I think we'll probably see him in game three or four. Um, but for sure, guys, uh, I think I think we're gonna see Tampa come out with a with a, with a fire lit under their ass. They're gonna come out. They're not gonna come out flat like they did in Game One. And you're really gonna see just that elite talent they have on display tonight. Yeah, and uh, it'll be fun to see, man. I, I I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I you know what? I just don't want hockey to end. Uh, we've been blessed with some great hockey in the bubble. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a damn shame the Sabers couldn't be a part of it. You talk about, what, 0 .02 uh, points of win percentage that, you know, Montreal was able to – look what that did for Montreal's fan base, you know, and, and, and it kind of jump-started – I don't even want to call it a rebuild, but it gave them hope that they're, they're closer than farther – they're closer to being there than farther away from it. So, um, you know what, interesting to see. Uh, great episode uh, with, with your free agent breakdown. And, you know what, 
welcome to Buffalo, Eric Stahl. I think that, like we talked about, he's not the long-term answer, but I was very nervous that we would make the same mistake with Cousins that we did with Middlestat, rush him into a bad situation. You know, we want guys to have a winning mentality. This allows Cousins, you know, not to be rushed into that second center spot. Um, but if he does play in the national this year, you know, him, him to get his feet wet um, before being thrust into that. So I like the Eric Stahl deal. Um, so it's, it's a positive step for us in the right direction. And um, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see Kevin Adams first deal um, to be something like this that gives us a uh, reason for optimism. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Dwayne? Um, no, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I do want to make uh, two quick points before we uh, end the show. Um, I did, I did make a promise, uh, to a girl named Megan on Twitter that I would mention her cousin, Noah Dugas in our show. Uh, he's currently dealing with, uh, he has a blood clot in his brain. I believe he's about 12 years old. He has a blood clot in his brain, lost all mobility in his arms and legs is currently in rehab. I just want to let him know and let Megan know that you're in our thoughts and prayers and that, uh, you know, we hope you get through this in a couple of clicks for you. Um, for sure, um, that you, that you, that you get through this and, uh, you'll, you'll be back on the ice sooner rather than later. Um, you're a warrior kid. And of course, um, I did an, uh, shortly after the show, I'll be announcing the winner of the team, two goalies, one Mike pet, uh, our team pet, uh, Kelly, I don't know if you caught that at all. I did. I you know, guys. what's great. My dad, my dad actually saw it first and he's, he's all about it. Dwayne Tommy's a big fan of it. Um, I know he's eagerly awaiting the announcement here too. So uh, I love it. Yep. And you know what? Uh, there are, I think it's going to come down to me asking the fans to take a vote on it because we got some really good submissions and there are two dogs in particular I'm having a tough time with. So I might get leave up to you guys, the fans to make that decision. I love it, Dwayne. I absolutely love it. Um, no better way than to get the fans involved, man. They uh, good, good response to that, man. That's that's fun to see. Absolutely, and um, can't wait again to watch some hockey night. And we got the draft coming up soon in October. The Sabers are sitting sitting pretty at eight. Will they will they make the will they make the pick? Will they trade it away? Who knows? We'll see. Awesome. Um, uh, we look forward to our next episode. We uh, may be talking about uh, who the Stanley Cup champion is. Hopefully we're gearing up for a game five, game six showdown. Uh, but, you know, for everybody here at Two Goalies One Mike, I'm Johnny Cullen for Dwayne Stein. Now this has been episode 32 of Two Goalies One Mike. This podcast is brought to you by Better Biscuit. Better Biscuit is a hockey training tool designed to help you Develop your game. These fiberglass reinforced pucks are developed to handle less than perfect surfaces, enabling hockey players of all ages to practice their skills in their driveway, basement, or schoolyard, honing their skills whenever and wherever possible. It comes in two different styles. The Better Biscuit Sniper helps players develop forehand, backhand, one-touch, saucer, drop passing, and shooting, ideal for perfecting those toe drags, puck control, and stick handling. The other option is the Better Biscuit Passer. The passer will help you develop softer hands and help you become more accurate with your passes and stick handling. will also help you improve your puck possession confidence for any skill level. Be sure to check out Better Biscuit at betterbiscuit.net for all your hockey training needs. Thanks again for all your support, and be sure to check out Better Biscuit. Now back to the show.
This podcast is brought to you by Mitt's Barbershop, created and owned by a true friend of the program, Justin Gritsky. Mitt's is a modern-day barbershop that provides a cool atmosphere featuring some of the greatest barbershops Buffalo has to offer. Come in, enjoy a free beer, play some video games, and get the best haircut in the area. When I asked Justin what sets Mitts apart from the evil chain super-duper cuts that we see at every intersection, his answer says it all. My vision was to create the only true barbershop in Cheektowaga. When customers walked in, I wanted them to get that feeling they got when they strolled into the barbershops of old. The golden era of what a barbershop meant, not just a place to get your hair cut. So if you're looking for the real deal, come on down to Mitts to get the real feel of what a true barbershop is and what it's supposed to be. The clear-cut top dog for all your haircutting needs. Look no further than Mitts Barbershop. And when you mention that two goalies and one mic sent you in, receive $5 off your haircut that day. Talk about customer service at its finest. Located at 3461 Genesee Street in Cheektowaga, it is located right next door to the 33 Speakeasy Bar and Grill. Their phone number is 868-1424, and their hours are Monday, 12 to 6, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. On Saturday, they're open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and closed on Sundays because why not? Everybody deserves a little Sunday fun day. I want to finish this ad read off by reading a great testimonial from one of Mitt's loyal customers. Tired of the cookie cutter salons trying to get your attention? Also tired of those men-focused salons? Then when you leave, you feel like you just visited a Supercuts for Men and the haircut isn't any better? Then Mitt's is the place for you. Great cut, very professional, great atmosphere. A great place for men to get cut and trimmed up. I'm honestly a little sad I'm only visiting Buffalo because I need something like Mitts back home. You heard it here first. Come on down to Mitts for a great cut and an even better experience. We're happy to have them as a sponsor to the show. And we hope you join us in finding out what makes Mitts just so special. Thanks again to Justin and all the hard work him and his staff do. And without further ado, we'll kick it back to Two Goalies, One Mike. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.